message you're about to listen to is produced by the Trans Edge Church. We believe you will be blessed and changed by it. The Trans Edge change is inevitable. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to share your word. And Father, we don't take this time for granted. You're a good father and we know that you're going to feed us with your word. Teaching us the right things. Taking us on a journey. Because of the plans that you have for us. And Lord, you will reach out to so many. Through this message this morning. Help us to become introspective. To be able to search our hearts. Help us to be able to view you from the position of, of the almighty God, yet he loves me. We'll praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ezekiel, chapter 37. Quick question for you. How many of you are having a time of your life? At the moment, you are the best season of your life. Well, that tells the story. Probably my coming for a counseling session after this time. It looks like so many things are going on in there. Okay. Looks like there are two different types of people in this room. I saw one person raising up her hand that she's having a time of her life. But how many other people are having the best time of your life at the moment? Whoa, where are we? Okay. So how many people are having some challenges that are actually real challenges? Real challenges. Some. Okay. How many people don't know where they are in their life at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. You know, at times it's just good to not know where you are at. Because then you can easily start afresh. You can easily take a word and it will guide you, it will lead you. But at times when you know where you are at and it's the worst place, at times you doubt, will anything ever get me out of here? But I'm going to be speaking to those people who are not at the best place of their life at the moment. So my message for you is... Will it, will it ever get better? And that's the title of my message this morning. Will it ever get better? Will it ever get better? So before we ever get to, will it ever get better? I think we'll have to start from a place where, how did we get here? That's my first question. How did we get here? How did I find myself in this position?
And there's one possible answer, or rather three possible answers. Number one is what I've done, so I deserve where I am at. Could be number two. It's just what life has thrown at me. I don't deserve it, but the world is just as bad. So I find myself here, not out of my own making. Number three, God is teaching me a lesson. So my, my question for you is, out of those three possible answers, where do you find yourself? Are you blaming yourself for where you are at? Or are you thinking the world is that bad? Or are you thinking, God, this is God's hand. He's just dealing with me. Where are we? If I give you a piece of paper and said, hey, pour out your heart, who would you be stabbing out of these three people that I've just presented to you? God himself or you or the whole world? You know, at times it's possible for us to blame every other person around us and just leave us out of the question. You know that? We just point and point. You did it. You. You. They did not. My dad, my mom, my uncle, my auntie, what they did to me. And for some other people, it's also possible to just only put yourself at the center of attention and, and say, it's me. It's my bad luck. You know, bad luck. It always follows me. It's always been in the family. It's just me. It's me. You become like who? Jonah. It's me. Throw me in the water. And all of this problem will stop. It's me. Come on, guys. Or you'll be like Job. And say, I know he's God. I know he's God. Even though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I know he's him. possibly one of the three. But my first question to you is, is it you? What have you done so terribly to deserve where you are at? What have you done? Or is it the choices that you've made? Now, if I take you through... Uh, A hypnotic session. <laughs> Probably might be able to get some things out of you of those terrible things that you've done. And sit you on the chair like Freud and start to ask you weird questions. And then you probably might be able to open your mouth and say some terrible things, whether or not they are true. And Freud calls it some deep-seated unconscious. Things. Let's not go too far into that. But is it really that? Or is it because of the things that the world has thrown at you that you made those choices that got you where you are at? Or this is God trying your faith? There might be three possible answers, but I say to you, none of them is true. None of them is true. So no matter how much you think you deserve where you are at, 
You're just beating yourself up for because of ignorance. My people perish for lack of knowledge. And do you know that knowledge is very that lack of knowledge is very believable. And God said, because they re- refused knowledge, therefore I will also refuse their children. It's not because God wanted to refuse their children, it's because they refused knowledge, and because they have refused knowledge and they are devoid of knowledge, they do not have knowledge to pass on to their children. So as a result, not not because God intentionally wants to refuse their children, but because their children also have no knowledge. It becomes a generational thing, and the children will feel rejected. Why? Because they've not been shown the path of righteousness. So I'm saying to you, it is not what you've done. Oh, well, you might be able to prove me wrong. That's okay. But regardless of how much you try to prove me wrong, it is still not what you've done. Because God saw what you've done and yet sent Jesus. That is not about you. It's not what you've done. I don't think so. I don't believe so. You didn't deserve the blessing of God. But God threw it on you anyway without considering where you are from, who you have been, where you have been, or what you've done. He didn't consider any of that. He just blessed you. So, but he blessed me and I'm here like this in this situation. Yeah, because you have no idea that you've been blessed. And when you start to realize the blessing of God upon your life, you wake up with your head high and reign. Because you've been called. You've been selected. You've been chosen. Not everyone is chosen, but you have been chosen. And until you realize that, you will still live like a pauper. You've been chosen. First John chapter 4, it says, Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatsoever. He didn't say whosoever. He said whatsoever, including man, animal, beast, ideas, concepts. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatsoever. So in other words, as a child of God, God puts an idea in your heart that will shake the world. But at times you just look at yourself and go, oh, yeah, I can't do it. And immediately you say, I can't do it. That has power over you because one, when you say I can't, the first person that hears that is you. And once you start to believe you, no other person can unconvince you of yourself. That's my thought about that. I'm not here to share my thoughts. I'm here to share God's word. But I'm telling you, it wasn't your fault. Now, how about it being the fault of people around me? They've always treated me bad. You know, these guys are terrible to me. I can never forgive them. I can't do this. Still, it's not about you. And it's not because of the people around you. Yeah, of course, at times, some people just, they're created for evil. In other words, they're just evil personified, right? These people, you always feel like they are always after you. Do you know why? Because you give them the opportunity to be after you. Give them the opportunity. Let 
Let me say something that I usually don't say during our services. One person I don't usually talk about during our services, usually talk about during our services, is the devil. Do you know why? Because he does not deserve to be spoken about. Does he exist? Of course he does. In our lives, no. He does not. Does he have power? No. Can he do things? No, as far as I'm concerned. Some people talk about his power, but the power that I know he has is pretend play, you know. And that's all he's got. He pretends to have power. He wants to convince you that he's got power to oppress you. That's why I believe as a child of God, you can never be oppressed. Oh, no, no, no. You can never be possessed by the devil. You could be oppressed. But as a child of God, you can never be possessed by the devil. As a child of God, hey, listen to me, please. As a child of God, not as someone who pretends to be a child of God, no. As a child of God, you can never be possessed by the devil. Do you know why? Because when you got born again, someone else possessed you. Now, when you got born again, you belong to God now. That's what the scripture says, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. What did it say? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's what? A new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Why? Because you are in? Oh, follow me now. You are where? Where have you been located? In Christ. Your place is in Christ. Your life is in Christ. Everything about you is in Christ. Think about it. You've been locked away in security against all powers of the evil one. Against all powers of the evil one. What did Jesus say? He said, all authority, all power. And in that word, he actually used the word dunamis, the power to do. All power, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And I think about that and ask myself the question, especially for those people that say, well, you know, the devil has power. Then I, I ask them to say, but then it's one of two things. It's either Jesus is lying. Or you're just confused. Because if Jesus says all authority, all power in heaven, not only on earth, in heaven and on earth has been given to me and we live on earth, then that means he's presiding over the earth that we live. And there's no other person who has power just as Jesus. Then that means every other thing Submits to the lordship of Jesus. Yes, yes. He says every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
So if he says that, where, where did you get your own testimony from to say, well, you know, the devil has got power. What power has he got left? He used to. He never has any power. No more. He used to. Let's say, for example, that, who do I call? Okay, let's call someone who does not know where they are at the moment. Loveth. So, let's say, for example, Loveth is a, a, is a medical doctor. And Loveth trained as a medical doctor probably 25 years ago. And probably practiced for two years after her training. And 23 years later, she's not been practicing. Would you allow her to touch you? She's a medical doctor. But would you allow her to diagnose you? Would you go to her knowing that? But you know she can still show up tomorrow and say, Love it, Ogbe, MD. But do you know that the board, the registration board, will actually sue her if they know that she's still using the word MD or the, the, the whatever you call it, the suffix, MD. And if she ever tries to practice, you'll be in trouble. Because there's what they call continued professional development. And for every, especially every medical profession, um, you ought to have that every year. Some level of CPD every year to keep yourself in the game. And you realize someone for 22 years has not even practiced. And then they call themselves a doctor. The fact is, she was a doctor. Of course she was. But she no longer is. Oh, let me use myself as an example. I was an architect. <laughs> but in, in Australia, I can't call myself an architect. Do you know why? Because I've not been registered to practice here. And it's been over 10 years that I've practiced. So talk to me. <laughs> if you're looking for someone to design your house, you think you'll bring it to me? Oh, I will, I will bamboozle you with all the words. I'll try to take your money. We'll settle for something. I'll give you a plan. Isn't that what you wanted? I'll give it to you. Because you came without doing your investigation. And that's exactly what the devil does, you know? Because people still call him Lucifer. He's not. Do you know what Lucifer means? The morning star. He was. He no longer is. God did not create Satan. Lucifer created Satan. Satan was not in his name. It's what he became after he disobeyed God. Are you still here? And he lost his power. He was thrown down to earth. And when he was thrown down to earth in the book of Revelation, the whole angels were happy. Wow! They threw that guy because he was always accusing them to God. Do you see that other one? He didn't do what you asked him to do. So when he was thrown out of heaven, they were happy. And what did they say? They said, oh, woe to the earth. So we got in trouble. What caused them happiness? Got us trouble. And Jesus must have looked and go, you know what? 
those guys don't deserve this man. Let's cast him even further. And Jesus has got power over the whole universe. And don't let anyone ever deceive you that you know what? What is happening to you is the devil. The devil is just tormenting you. Tell them, no, the devil is not tormenting me. I'm a child of God. Simple. Establish the fact. Establish the fact. You see, a resume that I write 15 years ago will not work today. Do you know why? Because I no longer have those skills. I used to have the skills, but no longer. But think about Jesus' resume. Ha. I'll show you one very quickly. I know we're supposed to go somewhere. I'll show you one very quickly. In Hebrews chapter 12, it said, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, hey, today, and forever. Look at his resume. It goes over you. Hmm? So if he says he had power, it means he still has power and will continue to have power. I would rather depend on such a one than depend on the one who had power, lost it, and continues to lose it. Okay? So don't let anyone ever deceive you. Don't let anyone ever tell you, you know what's been going on with you is the devil. Come for, what do they call it? Come for deliverance. I know some of you still believe in it. I have no idea where you got that from. Because he who the son has set free is free indeed. It's free indeed. So I have no where that whole tradition came from. But you see, there's a difference between being set free and being made free. Being set free, the door is open, the cuffs are gone, but you're still sitting in the cell. But you've been set free, but you don't know you're free to go. But until you start to study God's word and you see that, and the truth shall make you free, that is when you start to live in the freedom that Jesus had made available to you. Praise God. So my question back again is, how did you get here? How did you get here? Did you eat the forbidden fruit? And in this instance, the forbidden fruit is not actually eating the fruit. And what's the fruit? The word of God. Eat of this tree, because this is the tree of life. And when you eat of this tree, you will live forever. That's, that's what the scriptures say. Psalm chapter 1. I love Psalm 1. You want to get there before we go to Ezekiel? Sorry. Psalm 1. Psalm chapter 1 verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate. He always muzzle on this law. He's meditating, he's chewing on this law. So doth he meditate when? Day and night. Day and night. And it shall be like a tree planted where? By the river of water. It shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And it starts to describe such a tree. He said that tree brings forth what? His fruits when it's required. 
his leaf also does not fall. And whatsoever he, now he's bringing it back to that person, he does prospers. Say, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and cut out all the other ones in parentheses. He said, and whatsoever he does, prospers. Why? Because he delights in something, in the tree of life, in the word of God. And when we say he delights in God's word, we are actually talking about he meditates on God's word day and night. It's not about reading from Genesis to Revelation. How many of you here, sitting right here, I know some of you may have, you freaks, I know, uh, have finished Genesis to Revelation. Come on. How many of you? Oh, well, I'm disappointed, actually. <laughs> okay. All right. But at least you've read a scripture. You've read a passage. Perhaps I've made you read some passages during service. You could take that, and that can lead you for the rest of your life. And all you need to do is just to meditate on the piece of information. You don't need to know everything. I can't quite remember who said. He said, he said don't be afraid. He said, no, I'll, I'll be most afraid, and I'm just paraphrasing. I'll be more afraid of a man who knows a thousand kicks. No, no, no. I said, I'll be more afraid of a man who has practiced one kick a thousand times than the man who knows a thousand kicks. Does that make sense? A man who has practiced one kick a thousand times, I'm more afraid of him than the one who has practiced one thousand kicks. In other words, one person knows one thing, just one thing, and has mastered it. Mastered it. Then just going through everything and master none. So you don't have to know. It's good for you to know God's word from page to page. But if you have not been able to do that, you don't have to have done that to keep God's word in your heart. And pick one and say, this is my go-to. So my question for you is, what's your go-to? Can I have a microphone, please? I want to ask three people here, what's your go-to scripture? You know, okay. What's the, your default scripture when we talk about a situation or when you're praising or when you're worshiping or when there's trouble in your life, what is the first scripture that comes to your heart? What's the scripture that you say, this is my favorite scripture? Three people. If you don't nominate yourself, I will nominate you. Three people. Who goes? Yeah. What's your go-to scripture? Consider it pure joy when facing trials and tribulations. Looks like you like trials and tribulations. <laughs> For it should grow um, your faith in maturity. Fantastic. And so produce the perseverance in your faith. Yes, that's good. That's good. Consider it pure joy when you are facing terrible times. Why? Because it has a way of maturing you. Has a way of maturing you. Next person. Yes, you can go. Uh, Psalm 91 it says. <laughs> That's yours. Yeah, it's good to have two people testifying to one scripture. That's good. 
Yes. He said, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the of Almighty. The Almighty. Yes. So when you're talking about secret place, I'm coming to you. What is the secret place? What does that mean? What's secret about the place? Um, the presence of God, um, meditating over his word and what you know he has called to do. For that scripture, I read it this way. I bless in Jaka Ikombi. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Fantastic. So I replace the he with I, with my name there. Make it Great. Personal. And she does not even stop at a pronoun. She replaces it with her full name. Okay, she didn't say, well, I replaced the he with a she. She that dwells in the secret place. Some people will fight me over that. Praise God. But that's fantastic. Third person. Yes. Trust in, the, um, trust in the Lord your God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Fantastic. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your way, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. In all your ways, always know he's there. Always know he's there. Be aware of God's presence. Every time, be aware of his presence. When you are aware of his presence, hardly anything will come to you that, that will pull you down. Because you know you are hidden in the secret place of the Most High. You see, those three scriptures, they work together, right? Why? Because one scripture attests to the other and attests to the other. It's a network of God's wisdom. And that's why I tell you, you don't need to have read all of them to be fully persuaded in the scripture. Talk to me. What was the topic of today for those of you who do not write? What? What? See, some people took a different approach. How did it get here? Yeah? How did I get here? Question, will it ever get better? So based on what we've talked about, will it ever get better? Talk to me. Don't let the devil cheat you out of God's will and desire for you. Will it ever get better? 37, Ezekiel. Verse 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. Question, how did I get here? What did it say? The hand of the Lord was upon me, talk to me, and carried me out where? In the spirit of the Lord and set me where? Down in the midst of the valley, which was full of what? Bones. If someone stands up right now and only, the only thing you can see is bones, do you think you're still alive? Bones. And he's not saying there's anything covering it. There's no sign here. There's no flesh, nothing. It's bone in the midst of a valley, which was full of bones. And he said, and he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? In other words, they're dead completely. They're dry. So can this bone live? 
And I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. I have no idea. You know. And he said unto me, or rather, again, he said unto me, yeah. I think I jumped a verse, right? I jumped a verse. Okay, sorry, that was not intentional. Just means that I'm getting old. No, 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 no. Okay, verse 2. And caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. They were very many and very dry. So there was very many terrible things happening in that dry bones or valley that there was no hope at all because the problem was big enough. Big enough in the sense that, in the sense of its quantity and its quality. The quality, too dry. The quantity, very many bones. You know, at times you find yourself in a place where everything just looks terrible. Everywhere you look. And at times, even when you come to church, you're feeling like, I want, you know, I'm just going to come to church and feel happy. And you're not still happy. Do you know why? Because you think it's a building that will make you happy. You carry God's presence. Okay? Because how you ever got here is because the spirit of the Lord has always been upon you. And get to realize, get to, get to feel the awareness of God. You know, be aware of God's spirit. Be aware of his presence. Be aware. When you lose that awareness, just say one more time, come Holy Spirit. Oh, come on, feel this place. Feel me. And the one that I've recently learned is, sit on me. <laughs> just sit on me. Because when you do, nothing else can. And when he's sitting on you, probably he might sit on the head. At least it changes the ideas. You know? All those wrong thoughts will not come, t- come through. Because he, he starts from there. And the bad thoughts starts from the ideas. It starts from your mind. So, hey, let the Holy Spirit sit. You want to sit on my head? Do it. Don't take my hand. Just sit on me. Because then wherever I go is directed by you. All right. That's for me. Don't steal it. Okay. Verse 4, again he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear what? You see, whatever you speak to situations is not your own word. It ought to be a word that you've been directed to speak. You are here in a messy place, in a a, a difficult place, in a place that is devoid of joy, of happiness, of the good things in life, and you don't know what to do. And all you think you could do at this time is being emotional, is crying and looking for people who will always say, are you okay, are you okay, are you okay, are you okay? Are you okay will not change the situation. Are you okay will only make you feel better for the moment. And then when they are gone, the okay will be gone. And you're back where you are until you do something about it. And God is saying, prophesy. Prophesy. Don't speak your own word. Prophesy what God has put in your mouth. And what God has put in your mouth is a scripture, your default scripture. Your default scripture is the first word that God has put in your mouth. 
to speak. And if you've spent time meditating on that default scripture, it will yield so many fruits. Are you still here? Say, so speak. Mm-hmm. Oh, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 5, thus says the Lord God unto these bones, behold, <laughs> behold, I will cast breath to enter into you and you shall leave. What is he seeing? He was seeing bones. But he's addressing the bones as though the bones were alive or were complete. They were dry bones. And he addresses as you. In other words, he's seeing beyond the now. He said, mm. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall leave, and I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall leave. Again, the second time, and you shall leave. First one, I will put breath upon you, and you shall leave. And the second time, he said, I will then start to cover your nakedness, and you shall leave. So the first leaving is to become alive. The second one is to enjoy the, the, the reason for which you've been made alive. One is to become alive. The second one is to actually start to live and enjoy the purpose for which you've been made alive. Hallelujah. Hmm. And the reason you shall live is what? And you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. And I always say, it's not about you. So the reason God blesses you, it's not about you. It's not because you've been nice. It's because it's God. So that is why he will not look at what you've been doing to bless you. Are are you still here? Did, Did you get that? If there's any revelation you can take away from here today, let it be that. The reason why God blesses you is not because of you. The reason is because he's God. And he wants to remain God. So based on that, he will bless you regardless of where you are at. Regardless of what you've done. He wants to bless you. You see, and you shall know that I am the Lord. In other words, I cause life to come into any dead situation. And how does it happen? Speaking God's word. You see, the word created, his word created the world. So what else can he not make a life? Hallelujah. Verse 7. You see, up until this place, he said it as though it's been done. But it's not been done. And God is telling him what to do. In verse 7, he starts to speak. So I prophesied as I was. How many of you still yield to God's word? That when you get a command from God, you still obey Do you know that you may be prophesied upon, but it may not come to pass? Do you know why? Because you do not obey. Do you know that? You do not obey. Do you know why you've been given a driving driving license in New South Wales? Because they know, they believe that you're going to obey. But they also put conditions on it. They put points system. Whenever you disobey, they take out 
they take out until there's nothing left. Right? But they expect you to obey, so they give you a license. The license means this one is the one that can obey. This one is the one that can drive because he knows the rule. Same thing with God. So, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, ha, there was a noise. As I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, a shaking and, be, and bones came together. Now listen to the next word. Bone to his bone. In other words, the bones have an ID. It was a valley. He said there were many bones. So think about it. A hundred people, and there were armies, right? A hundred, a hundred thousand armies with dry bones all scattered all over the place. There were no flesh in it. In other words, they've been there for, for, who knows, 30 years. I'm not sure how long it takes for bones to get rid of the skin completely and be dry. But I don't think it's five years. I don't think it's three years. I think it's way upwards of 10, 15, 20. So they've been there. So possibly the wind has scattered everything. But when God started to speak to them, when uh, Ezekiel started to speak to, to them the word of God, the Bible says, and bone to his bone. He's starting to locate which one is my head. So it's not joining, it's not joining Michael's bone to Amanda's bone. It's not confused. Are you still here? I always say to people, God is not confused. He knows where you are at. He knows completely where you are at. So when he's fixing things, he will fix it as though you've never been there. He's not confused. Bone to his bones. And when I beheld, in other words, when I looked, lo, the signs and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus said the Lord. Are you still here? Say, say to the wind. But see the first thing he said. He said, prophesy and cause breath to come to the bones. But he prophesied. It was flesh that came upon the bones. No breath. And what came first? When God said prophesy, and he started to prophesy until he spoke it, nothing happened. He was there. And if he had decided to say, God, the bones are too dry. Can we not do this? Let's not do this. The situation is too bad. I don't think prayers will work here. I've been, you know how long I've been praying? Let's not do this. I've done this a million times already. And then you start to negotiate whether or not it's going to work with God. Say, okay. Because the truth is, it's up to you. God puts his word in your mouth. It is what you do with the word that brings about the blessing or keeps you where you are at. Okay? So live in God's word. Live in God's word. And after he spoke, before the thing started to happen, what comes first? The word. The word comes first. Then it starts to happen. And the breath. He said, hey, now, there's a human being Command the, the wind to come. 
And he said, then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon this land that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, again as he commanded me, again as he commanded me, as he commanded me. I wish I could go where I want to go. My time is up. I wish I could go. There are some of you, you, you have no idea what command is. You know, at times you just look and say, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. They say I should do that. I won't do it. Well, come and get me to do it. You're so stubborn at times. You're just, you're just at that point where nothing can move you. Regardless of how much word you receive, nothing moves you. You say, hey, we need more volunteers in the house. Oh, yeah, there are those people that can do it. I'm not one of them. So you even commit to some extent. You say, ah, today I can go. Ah, tomorrow I can't go. Don't worry about it. Well, you know what? It is up to you. Why? Because Ezekiel only prophesied because he heard from God and he obeyed as he was what? Commanded. The truth is, if you cannot obey the words of men, do you think it's God's word that you can obey? No, you can't. Because you've not learned. He said, if you... God said this about love, right? He said, if you do not love the, your, your, the brethren that you see, and you say you love God, you say you're a liar. Say, how can you love God that you have not seen? Right? How can you? Say, in other words, the way to love God is by loving your brethren. So if you believe that you, you, the commandment of God will work in your life, hey, listen first. The problem might just be those people that God is using to speak into your life. And for example, you know, I'm not always saying that everything that I say is God's word speaking to you. And at times, most of you, I don't even come to you. How many times have you heard me say, the spirit of God is saying to you? No, I wouldn't say that. Do you know why I don't say that? Because I don't want you to be, to be feeling like, well, God just spoke to me today, and then if it doesn't work, it's Pastor Michael's fault. No, it's not my fault. Let God's spirit speak to me first. But besides that, until I'm sure that the spirit of God has spoken, and according to your faith, I don't speak to you. But at times, it's not even through direct, direct words. It's just through the ways that we live our lives every day together as, as God's children. And the command comes. An opportunity arises for you. And God is saying, are you going to do this? This is another opportunity that I'm giving you. And you go, no, I'm too busy. No, I've got work. No, I've got this. You know, the more excuses you make for not being able to do, the more you remain where you are at. Not because of what you've done, not because of what the world has done to you, not because God is punishing you, but because you've chosen to stay where you are. Are you still here? Choose to move. Choose to progress. Praise God. Finally, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came unto them, and they lived. Now listen. And stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. What does that mean? That you might think it's not going to change. But there is a life in you that has been destined for greatness. It might look dry now. It might look like nothing is about to happen. Hey, if I were you, I would heed the commands. I will enjoy this very moment. How about you speak 
speak to the dry situation and see life come to them. See them put on flesh. See them put on sinews. See them receive the breath of God upon their, uh, upon their heart and their soul and their flesh. That they come alive and stand up exceeding great army. Exceeding great army. Great army. Great army. Think about it. That your reach will go far and wide because you obeyed God's word. You're rich. You're rich. Your, your influence goes far and wide. You know you could be any, anything today and you wouldn't have any influence beyond the walls. But you can just be whatever you are right now and believe in God's word and his command. And your rich will be singing everywhere. The places that you've never been, people will know you and say, I've heard about you. I've heard about you. I've read your thesis. You know, I've read your work. You know, and you show up to present and say, is that the person? They've never seen your face, but they know your name. And when they see you, they say, oh, you're the one. Great. I've heard about your work. Then they sit down and listen to you. And even though you are not making sense, they'll be making sense out of your nonsense. Amen. Are you still here? It's true. You know, at times you're speaking and you feel like you're not eloquent enough. I always feel like that. At times I mix up my words. But I feel like I'm not eloquent enough. But God still uses what I speak to bless people. And it's just the way. Do you know why? Because I didn't call myself. He called me. And before I ever come in here, I said, God, you know what? I'm going up there. Don't leave me by myself. But today you're going to use me more than you did yesterday. And he blows my mind. You know, it does not always have to be in preaching. It also has to do, do with the things that you do. Wherever you go, I always pray this prayer. Whatever you touch will prosper. And light will shine on your ways. And I'm not joking when I say those things. Because I believe in your future. Your future is bright. All right? Future is bright. So will it ever get better? It's just the beginning. You've got a whole life ahead of you. Live and reign because you've been called to inherit a blessing. In Jesus' name. God bless you.